This CTN Brandcast is brought to you by Hexaware. This is CTN Brandcast on CIO Talk Network. This is a sponsored program, and CTN does not endorse the mentioned products or services. All views and opinions are those of the sponsor, its staff, and management. Welcome, listeners. This is Sanjog All, your host, and the topic for conversation is from traditional IT ops to automated AI ops. So organizations are adopting modern application delivery models increasingly to support accelerated time to market for their products and service updates to their customers. However, it has tipped over the traditional IT operations execution methods. To keep pace with continuous code deployment requirements, we must provision IT infrastructure almost instantaneously, and that too with minimal or no downtime. Trying to do the same with a typical enterprise cloud environment can get extremely complicated. As a result, many enterprise IT operations leaders are looking at investing in automation along with AI and ML to build these capabilities now. So how can they move from traditional IT ops to automated AI ops in the quickest way possible? To discuss this, I have with me Siddharth Dhar. Sid is the Executive Vice President and Global Head for Infrastructure Management Services at Hexaware, a consulting firm focused on transforming IT solutions and solving complex business problems using a combination of human creativity and intellect. Their three-pronged strategy of automate everything, cloudify everything, and transform customer experiences enables enterprises fast-track into the digital era. Hello, Sid. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Sanjog. Looking forward to our discussion today. Great. So my first question for you, Sid, is why should a company invest in automation and AI ops to optimize their IT infrastructure and operations management efforts? In short, what business problem will this solve? That's a great, great question to begin with, Sanjog. All too often in IT infrastructure, just given the nature of our job and operations, we tend to not focus on the bigger picture of what business benefits are we driving. Actually, AI ops and automation uh, really are geared towards business objectives more than anything else. To my mind, there are really four business problems that uh, we hope to solve by deploying something like this. The first one is time to market. Delivering infrastructure these days has to be done almost instantaneously. Over the last five years or so, most enterprise organizations have chosen to change their software lifecycle to Agile from Waterfall. And that modern application delivery really needs speed in terms of delivering infrastructure. And that speed can only be guaranteed by extreme automation and AI ops. So that's a really good reason to do it. Second, uh, I would say great reason to do it is As organizations adopt more modern application delivery, they are looking to deploy code almost as soon as it is committed. So that from the point the code is committed to the point the code is deployed is one automated cycle, which we call CICD. That by definition means that the underlying infrastructure platforms must be available all the time in order to accept that code. If you're not, then you're actually reducing or impacting your release cycles, right? So again, that's a business problem that we need to solve. And again, it is a complicated problem to solve, especially if organizations like most do have a hybrid private and public cloud footprint. So that's another problem that automation and AI ops helps us resolve. 
A third issue, again, very related to the first two, is as organizations and enterprises are making plans or already having footprints in private as well as public cloud infrastructures, our security organizations are extremely worried. They're worried whether we'll be able to maintain our security stance, whether we will be able to identify drifts from our security stance and be able to correct them in production. And that's what automation does. We have systems that can deploy security guardrails as soon as any workload is deployed in your public or private footprints. We have monitoring capability to identify drifts from your security compliance status and actually fix those in an automated fashion. So again, a great reason to do that because without really making your security team comfortable, I can tell you very few CIOs will have the ability to adopt cloud at the pace that they need to. So again, helps you resolve a business issue. Uh, Finally, just given the amount of automation and the amount of artificial intelligence and machine learning that we deploy, your cost per unit for operations delivery is also impacted down. So which means you're able to optimize your support costs. That's a good reason as any as I can think of. That's like almost a cherry on the top. So really, those are the four reasons why somebody should do it. And quite frankly, all four reasons can be directly, you know, you can draw a straight line to a business problem that it solves. That's a lot of good promise from AI ops and automation. So next question is, what all are the prerequisites for an organization to exploit this automation and AI ops in their environment? And what are the pitfalls and gotchas? Great question again, Sanjog. I think any deployment of this nature is complex. This one especially so because the footprint of change is across almost every aspect of IT operations. Anytime you have a change that impacts such a large footprint of your IT organization, you can bet you will have challenges of execution. You may have technical and technology challenges, you probably will have people challenges, and you will certainly have political challenges. The number one prerequisite in my mind is management buy-in and sponsorship, because that is what you will count on when you hit those roadblocks. And I promise you, you will hit those roadblocks. The second, I think, important prerequisite really is you have to have a mentality to embrace change. Anything that has such a large footprint of change across the organization, and in this case, there are really three dimensions that we are looking to change. We are looking to change the underlying technology to make it more modern. We are looking to change the skills of the people. Most infra and operations organizations have very few or very little coding capability, and this is all about coding. So you have to reskill and retool your people. And finally, the old organization structures of, you know, technology-based organizations or operations versus engineering, some of those will get collapsed when you deploy this. So you have to be ready to embrace significant change across your organization. And sometimes I've seen organizations underestimate the quantum of that change and then struggle with it. The third prerequisite really is you have to invest time up front in defining what your goals from this is. You have to be very clear of why you're doing it. And if you can't draw a straight line to a business benefit, then you are probably getting mired in cost-based or cost-related goals, which quite frankly are not the right goals. Cost is a consequence of doing this, not the reason to do this. Finally, if I have to give you, you know, sort of a word of caution on what could be a gotcha, really the one gotcha, you know, Sanjog, then I want to talk about, uh, we obviously don't have time to go into a lot of detail, but really the one gotcha is there is no magic bullet. The quantum of change, and I just described it to you, is pretty significant across the organization and across dimensions. 
there are companies out there that will say, hey, you know, this is a problem that my tool will solve, or this is a problem I can solve, outsource your operations to me and I will build this for you. There is no alternative but for you to work hard at it, right? A lot of the change you have to drive is internal. The technology and the deployment of technology is the easy bit. That is not the hard bit. So please, if there is one thing to avoid, you know, the one gotcha to avoid is don't think of this as a magic bullet. You got to work hard to get there. Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, Sid, would be great to learn how successful these automation and AI ops investments have been for the organizations and what benefits did they realize. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Are you setting agility and innovation as your key goals to stay competitive through evolving business needs and customer expectations? Introducing Hexaware IT Automation as a Service, a tool agnostic and use case based approach that not only helps you achieve these goals quickly, but also enables simplified operations, improved accuracy, and significant cost savings. Hexaware IT Automation as a Service. Drive smart transformation with intelligent automation. To learn more, visit hexaware.com today. This is CTN Brandcast on CIO Talk Network. Welcome back. So based on your experience, Sid, how successful these investments related to automation and AI ops have been for the organizations who tried it, and have they truly been able to realize the benefits it was intended for? You know, there are no guarantees in life syndrome. You have to have commitment to an endeavor of this nature for it to deliver success. I'm going to give you three examples of my recent past engagements where we've seen a great amount of success. And that's been something that has been recognized internally in those organizations, as well as externally by the market as well. The first example I'll give you is of a healthcare insurance provider. They're one of the largest ones in our country. So this company had been grappling with, you know, should they move to public cloud? Will they be able to deploy public cloud in a secure way? While they're grappling with that, one thing was clear to them that their current internal in-house data center had to be upgraded to behave more like a private cloud, more software defined, if you may. So they did that process last year. And in that process, what we did was we deployed AI ops and automation inherently inbuilt into the new private cloud data center. What we have been able to do as a consequence of that is pre-deployment of this new private cloud infrastructure, they would take anywhere from 27 days to more than a month to deploy the environment that their application teams needed to code. Today, the deployment of an entire environment takes less than a day. And mind you, I'm not talking about just a VM or you know maybe just the network address. Entire dev environment, including deploying the three-tiered architecture of the application that they have to code on is done in less than a day, right? So that's a great result. You're right there, you've saved almost 26 days of time and you're enabling your business to make releases that much faster. The second example I'll give you is of a large Europe-based bank. They are very committed to automation. They, in fact, have had an automation program, very successful one for the past three years or so. One of their most successful automation deployments has been to automate their end-to-end patching process. Now, this is an organization which has more than 50,000 servers globally. 
and they are now able to patch each and every one of them across the globe in less than 8 hours flat think about just over a year ago we had the heartbleed zero day vulnerability i mean i know of organizations that have taken days if not weeks to patch all of their estates to get rid of that vulnerability and an organization of their size and scale of 50000 plus servers can now do it in 8 hours flat again a great outcome for them so the third and the final example i'll talk about is another healthcare company based here in uh, illinois it's a mid-sized company we did a full ai ops and automation platform deployment for them last year and one of the biggest benefits that they have seen is almost a 50% reduction in their mean time to detect or identify a seven issue today and seven issues as we know lead to business loss eventually you know in a traditional setup the way you identify the root cause of a seven is to open a bridge have multiple teams in there and by a process of elimination you kind of come down and zero in on what the actual root cause is today in this organization even as the seven incident is happening the system itself is intelligent enough to give us the root cause of the issue so that we can then solely focus our time on fixing it in fact this year we are going to even attempt to automate the actual fixing as well so in a way you get to auto healing from there but you know these are all great results i mean these are results that allow deployment of you know infrastructure quickly these are results that allow your security postures to be better and these are results that allow you to keep your downtime minimized and these are real life examples that i've seen that just in the past year so what holds back companies from being able to fully exploit this automated ai ops and what are the challenges and the suggested remedies you would like to present to the audience sanjog i am actually going to hark back to the previous question around what the prerequisites are because to me it is not getting those prerequisites right that eventually holds back organizations from getting this right the number one thing is most organizations that i have seen struggle with this they underestimate the quantum of change the footprint of the change and the dimensions of the change across technology people and org structure and that is something i would say you know really hold people back from realizing the true benefits of this program the second reason i see all the time and i spoke to it a little earlier as well is not getting your success criteria right if you're overly focused on the cost benefits of doing something like this you know cost of missing out the actual business benefits that the business is looking from you from something like this then you're likely to fail or even if you're likely to succeed you're likely to succeed only in that dimension not truly in impacting what the business needs from you the last thing i will say is organizations have to take a pragmatic approach the quantum of change is significant therefore you need to give yourself time and you need to give yourself investments and to be sure those investments will pay you back fairly quickly but you have to give an upfront time and investment allocation for program like this in order to succeed so i would say those are things that i generally see and things that can potentially be avoided early on in the program so said it looks like that automation and ai ops can be a very involved effort and very possible an organization may require a partner so as part of doing due diligence and asking the tough but fair questions in order to select a partner what would you say would be those questions that one must ask and if hexaware which is your organization 
ends up being the selected one, the selected partner to achieve this extreme automation objective, why should they do so? Sanjok, I'm going to wear two hats for the two parts of this question. Let me wear my subject matter expert hat for the first part. Obviously, there are many questions that you can ask a potential partner as you are kind of going through evaluation of potential partners. But to me, really the most important question, see, if I were doing it for myself, the one question that I would ask the potential partner is, are you willing to get into an output-based compensation agreement? Which means we are not going to pay you for deploying an automation platform or for deploying an AI ops platform. We are not going to pay you for coding any use cases that enable you know, some of the promises to be made good. We are only going to pay you when the actual promises that a use case has are delivered in production. I can tell you only organizations that have done this before, that have the experience and the confidence that comes from having delivered those results, only those organizations will be willing to say yes to something like this. So that to me is really the most important question that if I were doing it personally, I would ask my potential partners. Coming back to the second half of your question, which is why Hexaware, and for a minute, wearing my Hexaware cap on. Sanjok, if you think of Hexaware, right? Over the past six years, we have transformed ourselves into an organization that has an automation-first mindset. It has not been an easy journey. The cultural change has been rocky. But over the past five years, we have managed to actually transform every Hexavarian to be able to automate themselves out of a job. We have provided them the mindset and the cultural alignment first. And then we have combined that with retraining our organization, especially on the operation side, providing the coding skill sets required to enable themselves to automate themselves out of a job. Very few organizations have made that level of cultural and training investments to be able to do that. The second thing I will tell you is, especially for organizations uh, that are combining a program like this with operations and execution, you have to realize that all of the account teams that your partners have, they are gold on customer satisfaction, they're gold on revenue growth, and they're gold on profitability. Anytime you take undertake a program like this, you are going to negatively impact the revenue for your partner. There it's, in that itself, there is clearly a disincentive for your partner's account teams to attempt to do this because they are cannibalizing their revenues. You know, come the end of the year, they're not going to meet their numbers. What we have done at Hexaware is we have actually reversed the paradigm. We have actually incentivized our teams to cannibalize their own revenues. If any account team can show me that the reduction in revenue is directly as a result of an automation use case that they deployed, we simply add that back to their achievement, right? It's a simple solution, but not a lot of organizations have gone down that path. Finally, I will tell you experience matters. Today, we are the automation partners of choice for over five Fortune 100 organizations. And each of these organizations are large enough to have other large IT service providers in the system. But despite that, they have elected to work with Hexaware as an automation-only partner for them. And that speaks to itself, right? Anytime you can say you've been chosen by a Fortune 50 or a Fortune 100 organization and you've been part of their program in sometimes for over three years, 
that experience is hard to get out there. So I would say those are three reasons why you should look out at Hexaware as your partner of choice. Once again, thank you, Sid, for sharing your thoughts and insights about how an organization can quickly move from traditional IT ops to automated AI ops. Thank you so much, Sinjil. And listeners, I invite you to find related conversations on our website at ciotalknetwork.com. This is CTN Brandcast on CIO Talk Network. This CTN Brandcast is brought to you by Hexaware.